0: Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Fishing Report. Today's show, we're going to talk to Jordan over in St. Joe. How you doing, Captain Jordan?
1: Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Trying to stay cool. Yeah.
0: It's been warm, man, and I think it's going to be even warmer this week, right?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't call it warm. I would say it's (laughs) full-blown hot. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a heat index over 110 the last few days.
0: That's tough, man. That's tough fishing weather.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, by noon, you know, one o'clock midday, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: you just don't want to be out in it,
1: you know? No, not for long anyway.
0: No, i tell you something I've noticed though this week, um, it, because the, it is supposed to, well, I don't know. I, I, last I heard it was supposed to be a little bit hotter, but, uh, at least where I am, the humidity is down a little bit and,
1: and it feels better. It's odd. Yeah, we, uh, this morning felt, uh, pretty good. We had a pretty, pretty good little storm roll through, uh, middle of the night and a little slight north wind this morning. And it, it felt, you know, cooler. It was still like 80 degrees yeah. this morning, but it was no humidity for a minute. And it, it felt pretty good. But by 10, 11 o'clock, boy, it was, it was pretty warm again. Yeah.
0: It's that time of year, man. It's, it's not supposed to be like this, but, you know, you take what you no, get. Yeah. Like no,
1: normally this is, you know, mid to end July and 1st of August type weather. But yeah. So maybe they're just getting us used to it. I know? guess,
0: man. It's, uh, everybody knew it was coming,
1: you know? That's right. Little, oh yeah. A
0: little bit earlier than we like.
1: Yeah. But we've, uh, we've had some good trips, man. Of typical this time of year. I've done a little bit of everything, you know, offshore one day and tarpon fish the next day and then trout and redfish, you know, the next day after that. so.
0: Yeah, where where do you typically tarpon fish out of out of I, I guess out of your part of the world? Because you could go from anywhere. But yeah, do, do uh, you have a preference? It
1: depends. Yeah, not. I mean, not really. It it depends on, um, you know, wind wind direction, conditions, what my clients want to do. If they want to, you know, sight fish them, you know, fly or, or spin. Yeah. Then, you know, I'm hoping to be out you know, on the beach of Cape San Blas and that clear water and set up and wait for them to come by. Right. Um, if they want to just try to catch one, then, um, you know, or have a shot at one, then, uh, might go to Indian pass, you know, look for them in the bait in the big pokey schools, you know, rolling or feeding and then toss a bait in there and yeah, you know, wait on that. So it just, it just all depends on my, what my clients can do or want to do or, or, you know, weather conditions.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess really you could, you could sort of put in anywhere and end up doing either of those two things, right?
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'll, if it's going to be a light wind day all day, I, I can put in an Indian pass and run all the way around to the Cape. And, yeah. You know, try that and then work my way back. Um, typically if I put in in St. Joe, not going to run all the way down to Indian pass. That's a, yeah. It's a quite a quite a long run, but uh yeah, I can I can kind of do a little bit of everything.
0: So you're really either fishing Saint Joe Bay and maybe the cape on the outside or the cape and everything else. Yeah. I mean that it's it's sort of either or it's 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 a lot more it's not that you can't do both. It's a more challenging to do both in the same day, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, it, it can be.
0: What uh what are you seeing as far as tarping are you seeing good numbers still move through is it improved oh yeah or? yeah
1: we had a we had a good day um thursday was it thursday or or wednesday wednesday last week had a great day saw a lot of fish we uh hooked four caught one nice um yeah had a had about a oh the first one we hooked she was she was probably 170 plus wow. big one yeah big man. one yeah soon as she kind of she couldn't even jump she barely got her head out of the water and, thrashed around i looked at the guy i like you better hold on this is gonna be a while
0: yeah those
1: those big and ones
0: don't get out of the water like the smaller they ones don't guys.
1: but they make a, a crazy hard run yeah um but uh yeah we you know big head shake from her and she popped the hook um but then we hooked a couple more we landed one right about 100 pounds um so it was, it was a nice one and then uh you know i did a snapper trip opening day of snapper season on Friday and it was a little rougher than what they called for. We we got beat up a little bit, but yeah. we caught our limit pretty quick.
0: Anything uh anything new or or, or changing with the snapper fishery? I mean, because I you know opening day just means you get to keep them. They're always there. You're always going to catch them. You're always going to sift through them. And when it's not snapper season, you know.
1: um Yeah, um not really anything. Not much change, other than maybe the sharks. Man, the the shark population is. From, from what I've gathered talking to some of the biologists and scientists and stuff that our shark population is now at a like at a healthy number uh, compared to what it was in the past when they were allowed to long line and, and do a lot of the commercial stuff yeah um, that used to kill about 20 or 30 percent of them every year so what we were seeing you know 15 years ago t- ten years ago was a a low number. Now we're seeing a healthy number and they're becoming a problem for, you know, guys like me that that are trying to catch a few fish for people to take home. They're very challenging.
0: You know, we, we have to remember, and I get that it's a pain and, and porpoise, porpoises are the same way. I, I hate for, for, uh, you know, you're down there, go catch a fish, man. Uh, Don't, don't bother what I'm doing, you know? So I get it, but we have to remember that, all the complaining, cause I'm guilty of this too. All the, all the talk we do about, Oh, there's no problem in red snapper numbers and all this. If, if we, if there's a healthy snapper fishery and there's a healthy shark fishery, everything's just doing what it's supposed to do. You're just in the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So the, the
1: sharks have kind of learned. The only problem yeah. is they're kind of, they've kind of learned that when, when the noise of a boat shows up, yep. they know that they kind of, they're about to get a free meal, I guess they, they kind of just get fired up, yeah. you know, and, and start biting everything. And I'm not so much worried about losing a few fish, you know, cause if I, if, if I pull up on a spot and the first four or five drops, you know, we're getting sharked right? And eating off every time I move, I'm not yep. going to waste and kill a bunch of those fish just to try to get one or two. Yeah. My biggest thing is the tackle. Yeah. Tackles are expensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the dolphins aren't that bad. They'll grab a fish, but they don't, Cuts your line and take your hook and your weights and all that the shark eats it all the sharks take it all and that starts to add up you know toward the end of the day if you keep getting cut yeah. off by the sharks that's my biggest problem that's a good you know, point
0: point. and i don't and i'm, I'm kind of like you i don't particularly care what it is and for me i mean of course there's the money but i'm not doing it every day it's, it's having to stop the limited time i am out there and re-rig something
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah, I'm taking time away from Man. I mean, my just folks, you know. Yeah,
0: and I mean, the, you know, look, the knots aren't hard. Some of them are, but I mean, what I, taught, uni knots and stuff like that, they're you can do it on the water, but it's a pain. It's easier to do in yeah. a controlled environment, you know. Yeah. For again, yeah, it's, people like me, you do it every day. You you can do it <laughs> in sleep, I bet.
1: But I probably could do it in my sleep. The rest of us, you know, it's it's every couple weeks we have to deal with that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's you know i i I, i'm not talking bad about anybody or anything but people that pull up on one spot and just continue to drop down and lose fish to sharks it's like man you're you're just wasting those fish when you could wait another day maybe and come back to that spot maybe the sharks aren't there right and then you can have a chance but because those sharks are not going to get full they and a lot of times i don't even think they're Wanting to eat them because they're hungry, they just—they're just so fired up because of all the chaos. They can't help it, um, man. They're just biting stuff. You it's know, like, it's just, like a cat, buddy. You you can't take yeah.
0: a cat and and you you put a snake in a live snake in front of any cat ever. It could have just eaten, and the cat's gonna kill it. It doesn't know why. Yep. It doesn't, it, and it may try to eat it or something. It's
1: just it's just instinct.
0: It just can't help it. And the sharks will be the same way. It, they're there. There's a struggling animal that they would
1: eat otherwise. They're eating it. Yep. Done. And they're, it does not matter how many times you hook that shark, how many hooks are in its mouth. It's going to keep biting. Yep. Yep. They just they're they're crazy. You know. They're crazy cool creatures, but uh best thing to do is just pull off, and go to another spot.
0: Yeah, that's you know, that's really interesting that though. That's and that's the thing. That's the thing to do for all accounts is you know, just you know if that starts happening, happens couple times pretty quick get out of there don't even bother same yeah. with same with dolphins don't don't even they're they're there you go find a new spot they're not going to yeah and,
1: and they do make these things now they're called shark bombs you know that you can lower down it's supposed to send off some signal to run the sharks off i don't know if it works you know yeah uh, i haven't bought one haven't heard anybody try one i know they're out there um but i don't know if it if it'll chase the other fish off too, or just sharks, or what? But I kind of wouldn't. You know, trust there are it. things that you can try, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't know firsthand how they work.
0: You know, I've been curious as as a person who's been into the ocean and the science of the ocean and all the animals in it for most of my life. Now, um, I've kind of just watched things and collected information over the years, and I've always had this fascination of why isn't there something that emits a signal or a chemical or something? that would just let a shark know to go the other way, like something that preys on a shark or something there, there has to be something. I mean, I'm not good enough at the science, but it would almost seem easy to come up with something that, I now mean, Maybe you can't, you, the other well, fish there, there may is, go to, you know,
1: there are things out there, um, that they've introduced in the last couple of years that like shark bands that you can yeah. wear when you're diving that admit a electromagnetic signal signal that, That'll will make a shark go around you or, or stay at a certain distance. Um, right.
0: Cause they're very cause tuned in. Like with magnetic yeah. fields and electrical stuff. I mean, they're super dialed into all that. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. That's why when a fish, you know, is struggling on the end of your line, it, it drives them nuts because the, the pulses that those fish are making in the water that shark can feel from, you know, half a mile, a mile away. Yeah. And it's hard for
0: us to understand. It it's like a dog's sense of smell. It's so much better than ours, we can't even really understand it. To the point that they don't even really need eyes. You know what I mean? Like oh, to, yeah. to be able like, have you ever seen a dog that has lost its vision? Like you wouldn't know unless somebody tells you the dog can't see. Yeah, like they can walk.
1: They can walk through a house that they've lived in. And, yeah, man. You know, not see a
0: thing. I my buddy of mine used to have a lab that couldn't see, and it would it would chase it would jump in the lake chasing a ball and would get it and bring it back to you. Dog couldn't see anything. Every now and then it would bump into something, you know. But it, yeah, just they're just. I can't, maybe it's not everybody, maybe it's me. I can't comprehend, like you take away my vision, my sense of smell and my hearing are not going to take me anywhere. You know what I mean? No, like,
1: no, same here.
0: Yeah, and so like, and fish have additional things, especially sharks, you know, lateral lines and all kinds of weird, they're tuned in better than we are anyway to different stuff. But it's funny to think about, well, they can sort of navigate and still survive without the visual element or, you know, just because of some of that stuff. And, uh, it's really hard to kind of wrap your head around,
1: you know? Yeah. There, there's another study that went on several years back that the pheromones from other sharks. So apparently, and I haven't tried this firsthand either, but apparently if you kill a shark, you know, say you reel a shark up and, and cut it open and the blood, and everything that goes in the water that the shark emits a pheromone when it's dying or dead that other sharks can smell or sense and they will vacate. Huh? Well, and, um, and
0: you yeah, so why couldn't that, you make that pheromone in a lab? You well, could. that's, that's I mean, the shark
1: bombs. They have these things called shark bombs. And I don't know if they're, you know, if patent pending and they haven't, Release them to the public. Right. But and I've we're seen, not. And
0: let me just put the disclaimer: we aren't vouching for any of this. We have no idea. They just no, e- they I, I exist. have not
1: tried anything firsthand. All. I'm just saying what I've seen, uh, in documentaries and stuff. But the, the the pheromones are in these bombs, and then the, you release them, and it releases that pheromone, and all other big sharks, you know, predator sharks in that area, will will sense that and vacate. A, yeah. Apparently, according to that, I like I said, don't know firsthand. Probably won't ever try it, but it's just something that I've seen. I tell you, man, it makes
0: sense. I I could see some version of something like that being effective. And, and the big question is you drop something down there like that. Do you catch any more snapper or, or what if, you know, I mean, I, it it has to have an effect on other things in some capacity, you know?
1: Yeah, I would, I would think so.
0: Maybe they don't care, but they know something's up, you know? Yeah. Well, so red snapper, that's booming just like one would expect, right? I mean, there's nothing oh, yeah. other than fighting off sharks. And there's really not a good answer for that, except keep moving. to you find a spot where they're not there? Yeah, just, you know?
1: just keep moving, keep moving. Up. And the only, sometimes, you know, like what I'll do is is I'll pull off the spot a little bit and chum real heavy yeah, and bring the snapper up to me right behind the boat and then feed them, you know, 10 feet, 15 feet behind the boat. Yeah. Um, and then that way, a lot of times you can get some of your snapper in before the sharks come up and get to them. Uh, they, that tends to work. That tends to work for the snapper. Now grouper, if you're trying for grouper and there's a shark around, you're never going to get him off the bottom. Yeah. And do you,
0: do you find that you can chum up snapper year round like that?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You can, the red snapper. There's some, some days they won't come right behind the boat. Yeah um but they'll they'll come off the wreck a little bit and you know, they may sit you know 15 20 30 yards behind the boat and kind of deep you know down it depends on the current but yeah some days they'll come up and eat right out of the chum bag yeah um, see i but, I've, but,
0: I've seen some of that and and, and to me it, it's I've tried to do it with limited success, and I think I just haven't picked the, the right conditions or the right days or something, but I'm really intrigued by that because I love the idea of, of fly fishing for some of those species that aren't regular and, and just being able to throw a plug at like an amberjack or something. I mean, that, that oh, stuff, yeah. I mean, and because that, that takes your standard reef trip and in my mind kind of turns it up a notch. You know, like you, had, oh, yeah. you got these new elements. Is it a pain to do that? And, and what I'm asking, does it take a long time? to chum those fish up like that?
1: No, it, it depends. Some days, you know, it, it takes, you know, an hour or so for them to really, uh, get fired up and come up. Some days when you pull the boat up to the spot, they're already coming up to look at it. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it all depends. And I, and I, I can't tell you firsthand when, when they do it, when they're going to do it. Um, I know my experience around the, the full moon's, yeah. you know the, the several day a day or two before the full moon a day or two after they tend to get a little more frisky and and come right up to the boat yeah. um i think a lot of that has to do with the uh the currents there's not you know yeah. massive currents offshore during the moon so i you know that's just my opinion but i've had them you know days where it's four footers out there and rough and they're right behind the boat and days where it's slick, calm, like glass. And they won't, they won't come off the bottom.
0: Huh? I you I, I want to, that's something I really want to try to do and I don't have yeah, the boat I, for it, but I, I've got the equipment to try it. If, if, you know, if I decide to try, it. cause the times I get to go out, it's like, I just want to drop something down and catch that. I don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of time to try something, you
1: know? yeah and and normally like what i'll do is we'll pull up we'll drop down if we're if we're reeling them up you know catching fish and we're not getting sharked then we'll keep doing that but if yeah. we if, if we're getting bothered by sharks i will not drop another bait down to the bottom yeah and then we'll try to chum some snapper up to get a few of them you know before we move on yeah. um, some days the sharks will pop right up in your chum right and then that's when you just leave it's like if they're swimming right behind the boat where you can see them, just go. You're never going to get a fish to the boat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and especially if they're already being that aggressive,
1: you know. Yep.
0: Do you or how are the public numbers off of uh, St. Joe and in, in in Apalachicola? Are they or the I know that every number anyone would have access to is going to be fished out probably by now. Um, but,
1: um, no, it's not fished out by now. I mean, there's a lot of spots that have fish and well have fish all summer. Um, your technique has to change a little bit with public numbers because so so many fish are used to uh, seeing a big shadow roll up, a 12-ounce lead going down with a dead piece of cigar minnow. Yeah. You know, they're just like anything else. Fish get can get educated and they get a little weary. Yeah. So the, the, the spots that tend to get pounded a lot, and at some spots will get fished out. Um, well, I was, kind, I was still, kind
0: of half-joking just because of the attention it gets out of the gate. But, but the thing is, so like, again, I just use myself as the example, what I tend to do, because again, I don't get offshore very often. It's very select days. I mean, it's like, it's gotta be the weather. I gotta be wanting to do it. And I gotta be down there. You know what I mean? Like all that has to happen. Mm -hmm. So, the times I've done it, I've just gone, you know, whatever is on the Navionics chip for public numbers, we'll give it a whirl. You know what I mean? That's kind of the way I treat it. I've always caught stuff. I mean, trigger fish. Or they, I've never just not caught anything. There's always been stuff there. Um, yeah. But this time of year, with it being snapper season, a lot of folks are going to do that, you know, especially if they're unfamiliar with the areas and stuff. What do you – what kind of technique would you suggest? I mean, I, I've even caught them on, like, curly tail grubs just messing around. <laughs> You know, yep. what, But um, what do you suggest would be the, the best way to target them on those heavily, you know, you know, they're getting pounded every day from the, from the jump, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and like I said, there's, you know, there, everyone wants to get right on top of it and drop a big dead bait down, but a giant lead. Yeah. Um, what i found that works on heavy, heavily, uh, worked over areas or spots is lighten your line, lighten your weight. Really, you know, really long leader and get off the spot, up current, you know, to spot lock or anchor or whatever. Right. Do some chumming, some chunking, you know, cut a bunch of dead bait chunking and just feed them down and then slowly feed your bait down to it. Um, and that'll, that'll look more realistic to them. Yeah. Uh, and it looks different than a half a cigar minnow on a hundred pound test with a 12 ounce, right. you know, lead just dangling down there Yeah, you know, there's days they're going to eat that but when they've seen that a thousand times and all their friends are getting caught off of it a lot of those fish will get kind of weary and, and uh and not bite so those little tricks where you just kind of get off the spot naturally let a let a bait drift down to it uh you can you can pick up a few good fish off some spots that have been hammered pretty good.
0: Yeah. And is it, is it there completely shy of, of the tackle that's coming down there at that point? I mean, your leader, your, hook, all that stuff is just red flag and, and by backing off and throwing some chum in, it sort of wakes them up a little bit. Is that kind of what's happening? You
1: think? Yeah. I mean, they can fill a boat, you know, especially anything less than a hundred feet or up to a hundred feet. They, they see the shadow, they can feel the boat up yeah. there. Um, so when they've seen that a hundred thousand times, you know, they tend to sink down to the bottom and chill out when that, so if you pull off of it a little bit and kind of let a bait, and I like doing live bait with this, you know, small pinfish, fish, you know, pilchards put a live bait on light line, you know, not like 20 pound test, but you know, try 40 pound, 50 pound fluoro and feed it down current, let it drift down to the current. It looks real. It's, it's alive. It, you know, it's swimming around and a lot of those fish, Will fire up on that because it's different, yeah, and it looks more natural to what they're eating anyway.
0: Well, and you're right, especially something like a a pinfish, because because most people, I mean, if you're grouper fishing, you might have that, but if you're going to go through the trouble to get live pinfish to target grouper, you, you're probably going to have something better than just the random public numbers that are splashed on every you know GPS unit that's sold. Yeah. So. But they on on those kind of spots they probably don't see that a tremendous amount. They probably see your standard offshore like you described it 12 ounces of lead with a with a frozen cigar minnow you know yeah and uh, yeah it would make a lot of sense that if you deviate off that they would be a lot more interested
1: yeah because you know you'll mark fish on all of them and, and some people will pull up and not get a bite and say well there's no fish here when, when they're marking, you know, fish. And it's yeah. like, no, there's fish there. They just, they've seen this a thousand times and they're probably not really worried about eating right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably the 10th boat that day that stopped on them, you know,
1: exactly. Yep. So just change it up a little bit, lighten everything up to where it disappears down there. And yeah, you know, it, it'll, it'll, you'll be surprised that you know, you'll pull a good fish or two off some public numbers, even when there's a lot of traffic.
0: And you know, something I've noticed that, uh, that's really awesome, um, is among these red snapper pictures that you see floating around this time of year, there are some monster mangrove snappers coming up with them.
1: That's because the full moon, they, the season opened up, you know, a day after the full moon. And so the mangroves got, they always get fired up there in a full moon. Man. I mean, some big big ones. We, we caught a couple of nice ones, uh, the other day. So it. Yeah. They, they get fired up, especially now. And then the full moon in July, they'll, that's when they're spawning and they get real frisky then.
0: Yeah. What's the biggest difference? Cause I, and, and I'm asking this, I, I think I kind of know the answer, but I'm gonna let you tell me to reinforce it. What's the difference in the habitat of a red snapper and a mangrove snapper? I know mangroves tend to be inshore, but it seems like a lot of them are getting caught in the same places, even bridge spans and stuff inshore, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, the, the mangroves, you know, are, they're all mangroves. We call them black snapper once they get you know to a certain size and they move offshore. But okay. the, the mangroves, they tend to like, you know, less than a hundred foot of water. Yeah. Every now and then you'll see, you'll catch some big ones and you know, a hundred plus foot, but um, their natural habitat is the mangroves is inshore. Inshore. Yep. They're when they're born, they swim inshore. They we will start catching them in our nets, uh, chumming, uh, mid to late July and August okay you know small ones so what they're doing is when they're when they're born offshore they migrate inshore to a bay you know mangroves bridges stuff like that shallow water Yep. and then as they grow and reach a certain size which is around 15 16 inches Yep. Um, they'll start moving out to near shore wrecks and it's the same thing as red snapper, or any kind of structure whether it's natural bottom or they really like artificial stuff, you know, old yeah. boats, uh metal structures, stuff like that. They really like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, because what their main diet is 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 uh crabs and crustaceans. So barnacles, um, the little crabs that live in all the oysters and barnacles that grow around that kind of stuff. They they love those things. So they're
0: offshore in deeper water eating the same stuff they would be eating if they were on a bridge span or something.
1: Yep, absolutely. They're looking for little crabs, you know, shrimp that are flowing through, and they'll eat live bait and stuff like that too. But their main diet is, you know, because they're living in that stuff. A red snapper's not necessarily living in that structure. They're just floating around it or on top of it. Right. Uh, The mangroves are living in it, you know, inside little crevices and underneath stuff and all that. Yeah. So they're eating little crustaceans that are crawling all over that stuff.
0: So I appreciate you clearing that up, and that's pretty much what I thought because I've always – I mean, the name gives it away, but I've always called them mangrove snapper, and when I first discovered them is when I lived in South Florida and there were mangroves, and so that's what they yeah. were called. And um, But since then, I've caught a lot of them, and I'm, I'm primarily fishing inshore, and so we catch them periodically inshore, and I've always associated it, especially when you get, like, in the Keys or somewhere – I mean, further south you go, there's a lot of them and they're really inshore and you can see them and they're around docks and everything. And, um, but then I started seeing pictures of everybody catching them off these wrecks and catching big ones. And I'm like, wait a minute. What, like, what, what am I missing? Like
1: what, where, what do they do? What, what's the difference? Yeah. Those, those are your breeders. Those are your ones that have reached a certain size and they just continue to move out a little further. Um, you know, according to their size.
0: Yeah. So it just, so the red snapper aren't coming in shore like that. And a mangrove does basically. And then, you know, yeah, it's a good eating fish, man.
1: I love it. I'd, I'd rather have that over a red snapper any day of the week. I think I would. Too. I actually, I actually cook. I actually cook some tonight. Really? I had some mangrove snapper tonight. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's a good one, man. Well, I love them. what, what would you suggest? I mean, the, the tarpon sound like they're on fire, obviously, uh, the near shore, offshore stuff, red snapper and everything, but what, what would you pick on the perfect weather day? You got a window to do whatever you want. What, what would you be doing right now?
1: I'm going to go tarpon fishing. Yeah. Is if it, I, is it if because. Day, if, yeah. If I get a day off and it's nice, pretty weather, you know, light winds for one, I'm not going to burn much fuel. Cause I'm going to go anchor up. Yeah. Um, but two, you know, if I want a certain shot at a fish for the day, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tarpon fish. Well, let me ask
0: you this. And I, and I should have asked you when we were talking about tarpon, but it kind of led me back there. So you talk about anchoring up for tarpon. Um, is that, do most people in that part of the world anchor up to fish tarpon or, or is it sort of split with people that cruise? It's and-
1: split. It depends if it depends. So if you're off the cape. Um, cape Sandblast on the beach Do not cruise for them Down the bar and look for them okay. Big no no for that They do not school up in big schools Or we call you know wads Big wads schools Down the cape They do not do it They're in strings They're singles They're small you know, Four packs, five packs um, Most of our fish are in strings Single file yep. Strung out down the beach You'll run them over You're going to mess them up For all the other guys That are anchored up waiting on them You know, from Crooked Island to Destin to Pensacola is where they group up in a big, massive balls and swim down the beach. That's where you can cruise, find the school, get in front of them, do that. You do it down the Cape, you're going to get yelled and cussed at and probably have something thrown at you. Yeah. Well, that's good
0: to know because I I find myself kind of, I want to keep moving just because it's hot, if I'm being honest. And it's like, I'll see them, you know, but – But I think that's a common misconception because I think you're right with the strings of fish. You won't see them until it's too late. They've, they've known you're there, you know?
1: Yep. Oh yeah. And you're not going to be able to get, you know, if you get in front of them, you're only in front of that, your, your bait's in that, in the face of one or two Yeah. instead of the big massive balls where your bait's in the middle of 20 or 30.
0: Well, and there's so many, they can't make themselves disappear either. So, you know, you, that you get, Twenty or thirty tarpon schooled up like that. I mean, you can drive by them, turn around, go back, wait on them, and and they're going to keep doing what they're doing because there's just so many. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's not that you can't spook them, but they're probably it's going to be real hard for them to like disappear. Where you're like,
1: where did they go? You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of big fish. If yeah, there's another technique if you're over you know Indian Pass, Apalachicola in the passes, just like Boca Grande, you're drifting the pass. Drifting baits back behind you while these tarpon are rolling and coming out of the pass, you know, and that. So you're not anchored up. Some people be spot locked and casting, but it's more of drifting with the fish and having baits back, you know, in their face and stuff like that. And that's that's fine. Does it does it get
0: crowded in those areas?
1: I mean, no, not very much. You know, West Pass is is very hit or miss. You know, you can pull up and not see a single fish on. A certain tide there won't you won't see a single one roll mark one and all of a sudden in an hour tide might switch or something you'll see there'll be 2000 in there really yeah it's it's just one of those things like if you're if if you want to wait all day there will be some there yeah um but it's one of those things like you know pull up there on the incoming you don't see a thing don't mark anything go do something else till the tide switches come back you know and you might see them then so It's one of those hit or miss things, but when they're in there, they're in there thick and there's plenty of room, you know, for boats to to drift and and work together and and catch a fish, stuff like that. You know, don't, you know, like anything else, don't, if you see boats drifting with the current, don't get up current in, you know, the way they're drifting, go way down behind them and then make the same drift they just made. Yeah, you know, that's that's the, the ethical way to do it.
0: Yeah, and and that involves you not ripping around like a lunatic, and that involves taking a few minutes before you start getting your stuff in the water to see what's happening, so you can adjust without scaring
1: everything around you. That's you know? right. Yeah, and it's those fish. I mean, you can you can run, you know, right down the pass and then get on the line and drift. You know, it's fifty feet deep, so those fish are going to dive. They're not you know, they'll pop back up. They're not going to be, it's not like a four foot flat where you're going to ruin the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, but it is Curtis, you know, you see boats drifting, go way around them, set up, make the same drift they did. And then people just keep rotating like that. And it's,
0: is there, is there a lot of boats that get in there doing this?
1: No, you'll see, you know, five or six, you know, some of the boats don't like to deal with the sharks. There's quite a bit of black tips and stuff in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's not the fun way to do it. Sight fishing, casting to them. Yeah, but it is successful. If you just want to catch one, you can catch them that way. But yeah. there's days you'll see, you know, eight or 10 boats. There's days there won't be anybody in there.
0: Yeah. Huh. Well, I, I didn't realize that that was something that, I mean, I've, I'm starting to hear different things about that area and that there are some similarities in some of the areas that are further South and, uh, I just, I'm, I'm putting it all together. I didn't realize you could, uh, that that was even really an option anywhere, you know, this far North. So that's kind of cool for people that can't fly fish or you're not very accurate, but you got, you know, you got a bucket list that involves a tarpon. That's, uh, it's an interesting way to do it, you know, for a
1: kid. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to catch stuff. I mean, there's sharks, jacks roll through there all the time. So, well, any kind of pass,
0: man, it's just, there's bait and everything flooding in and out. Every day, yep.
1: you know, yeah, especially then this time of year, all the all the menhaden and pogies are, you know, getting pushed in and out. So you, yep. if you if you hit the right time, you can have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. Tell everybody how to get up with you if they want to come down there and chase snapper, or tarpon, or what whatever is uh, happening.
1: Uh, easiest way is a phone call eight five zero two two seven six five five zero. I'd rather talk to any and everybody, you know, about what you want to do. Uh, also social media, saltwater obsessions, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, you can message me on there. All
0: right, buddy. Well, I sure appreciate it. And, uh, we'll try to talk again next week, man. You, anything, uh, interesting plan between now and then, or, uh, just standard. Standard. standard I got
1: an off offshore trip tomorrow. Um, uh, might do another one this week and then same old, just inshore. you know, in between those days. So yeah. If it's, Uh,
0: if it's the right weather day, do you, do you try to talk your folks into running the beach and looking for a tarpon or do
1: you, uh, do you kind of let it, let it go? No. uh, Yeah. I'll, you know, most of my clients this time of year are the same old folks and they know the deal. Like I'll have some rods on the boat ready, rigged up. Yeah. And if we see them going off or conditioned to right, they know I'm going to be like, Hey, we're going to come in here and try this. Yeah. You yeah, know, cause it, it would be
0: hard for me to not be tempted myself. I mean, you're not the one catching the fish or anything, but you know what I mean, just, Hey man, you don't yeah. want to waste a day like this. Let's go try on the, on the beach. Yeah, and, the, and
1: Most of my, you know, most of my people, they know, like, we're not going to waste half the day or all the whole day on, on trying But if I see the right things at the right time, I've got a couple of rods ready rigged up. Hey, let's try it. You know, if it doesn't happen in 30, 45 minutes let's keep, let's keep rolling and, and doing the, the inshore, you know, regular stuff. So well, and they you know, all, they kind of, they kind of let me, you know, do what I want. Yeah. And you
0: know, in the, in the more I kind of think about that, I mean, your job is to provide them with the best experience on the water that they can have, right. That's why they're your paying son, you. Absolutely.
1: That's absolutely.
0: And so if you think it's tarpon, what, who's going to argue with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, right. I mean, who's going to be like, nah, man, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, but anyway, so, buddy, we'll we'll talk next week. I'll uh, uh hopefully there'll be some more good stuff. I love hearing about those good tarpon days. I need to get down there so I can ha- have something to talk about with a the tarpon. There you go. Asking you guys. Come on. Anyway, there's plenty to go around. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, man. It's getting me excited. So we'll uh we'll talk next week and uh try to do it again.
1: Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank you, buddy. All righty.